good afternoon. Uh, it's not afternoon. It's an evening by now, I think. Good evening, everybody. As you can tell, I'm a little disoriented today, but I'm trying to make it through. And speaking of disorientation, if I'm not quite mistaken, I think this is going to be another one of those fun days where my Twitter broadcast is happening with me at a like 90 degree angle or something. I have no idea what is wrong with that right now. But hey, you know, you can still hear me, presumably. Anyway, uh, so good evening, everybody. Welcome to session number 83 of Exploring the Lord of the Rings as we continue to work our way through the hills in the Trollshaws north of the road, working back now down south towards the road and preparing to approach the Ford of Bruinen, but even more importantly, beginning to approach Sam's troll song, which I don't think we'll get to tonight. But if my hope is not cheated, we will get right up to the cusp of uh, uh, of the uh, 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 of the troll song. Uh, my, my hope is to get right up to it so that we can begin with it next time. We'll see what happens. But exactly. Tarloniel, the eve of the troll song is exactly what we're what we're shooting for there. Um, anyway, one quick announcement I wanted to make before we got going. Well, first of all, many thanks to those of you uh, who uh, joined us at Magnolia Moot this past weekend. That was a lot of fun. I see several of you here already, including Tony, who flew out from Denver, which was fantastic. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Sorry, if you if you sometimes see me turn my head like this, that's me trying to read the sideways uh, comments that people are posting on Twitter. I have no idea. I can't. I could not get, no matter what I did, uh, the Twitter orientation to shift. So I, I, it's, I don't know what's wrong with it. But anyway, my apologies. Anyhow, so, um, uh, so, but anyway, as I was saying, quick announcement. First, thanks to everybody who came to Magnolia Moot. It was super, super fun. Uh, uh, many of you were there. Uh, uh, many of the people who came to Magnolia Moot uh, are, are regular attendees here. Uh, and, uh, and I already saw several of you already uh, chatting about it earlier on. And yes, I can confirm we did not, in fact, stab. And no one stabbed anyone in order to do a wound healing experiment. Remember, I said we weren't going to do that. So we did not, in fact, undertake that particular reenactment at Magnolia Moot. Um, the other announcement I wanted to make is that uh, uh, this week we have uh, another Mythgard movie club coming up on Thursday night. So Thursday night at 9.30 is going to be another uh, uh, instance of the, the Mythgard movie club, uh, which is uh, the movie club is designed to be um, so, yeah, obviously not quite as slow moving as this class, but um uh, you know, a chance to sort of sit down and talk about both modern and classic films of fantasy and science fiction. Um, uh, really great opportunity to really kind of dig deep into some of these uh, in, into to some of these films. I know I learn a lot from uh, from the sessions that uh, that I've been a part of and that I've watched. Um, so. Anyway, I, I really hope that uh, uh, you guys will be able to join us there. That will be broadcast here on Twitch. Again, Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, is when that's going to be starting. Usually starts a little bit earlier, starting at 9.30 instead of 8.30 this time. So 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on, Twi on, on our Twitch channel, uh, Mythgard Movie Night this Thursday. Um, cool. So anyways, and as far as moots are concerned, our next moot is not for a while. We have a we have a moot hiatus until January uh, when we have Tex moot down in Waco, Texas in the middle of January. So uh, so that's going to be 
that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that already. Uh, I've made my travel plans. I'm ready to go uh, down to Waco. Um, TechSmoot was awesome last year. I know it's going to be awesome again this year. Uh, and uh, I, I know I'll get a chance to, uh, to see some of you there too as well so yeah blue is I, I am going to go through a little bit of moot withdrawal i think uh like two entire months without a moot it's like inconceivable you know i've been to four moots in the last i don't know what six weeks no it's a little more a little more than that bay moot was 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 a little bit more before that but i'm into three moots in the last five weeks uh so uh yeah yeah it's going to be a little strange not to have a moot for uh for two whole months uh but anyway we'll see <laughs> we'll see all right. Um, well, let us uh, get back into the text today. Um, there were, um, by the way, I would say there were there, there were a, a couple long posts uh, on the discussion board, which I'm just saying would make really interesting moot papers. Uh, if you attend a regional moot, you should totally propose them. Um, uh, John O'Connor, uh, uh, really great to hear from uh, John. He's one of those uh, latecomers who has been working diligently night and day to catch up with us uh, on the backlog, and he's finally caught up uh, the current. And this has actually been been a comment I've heard from many people who have, uh, you know, uh, picked uh, up the class late and have uh, have been sort of binge listening to, to get caught up to the current stream, and then they do so and, and don't know what to do with themselves because all of a sudden now it's only uh, it's only the one session a week. But anyway, uh, John had some uh, uh, really interesting discussion about the uh, the the Prince of Cardolan and uh, the Barrow White, and so we're sort of thinking about Tom's song and sort of considering some evidence there about uh, uh, the spirits of the dead and uh, the gates of death and things like that. Really interesting discussion. Would be fun uh, to talk about that more. I think I don't have time to go through the whole argument here. Um, but uh, but it was a really interesting argument. So, John, that's exactly the kind of thing that would make a really neat uh, uh, discussion uh, point there uh, <clears throat> at uh, a regional moot. So anyway, um, uh, just 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 wanted to throw that out there. Um, anyhow, um, so let's uh, let's move on to the text, because like I said, I'm hoping to get up to, though I have no aspirations to include the troll song uh, here in uh, in today's class, but we are going to approach the trolls. Um, and uh, I was, uh, you know, tempted to to make a snarky title about, you know, this is like the session in which Mary and Pippin fail their uh, uh, their exam uh, at uh, forensic investigation, but I didn't want to be too harsh on them. Okay. Um, so let's so remember we left our companions, right? We left the four hobbits in Strider with uh Frodo practically comatose on top of that ridge. Remember they were they were trying to find a way back down south towards or you know, southeast in the direction of the of the road in the ford, because Strider had just climbed up to a high place and looked around and discovered that they were headed too far north, right up towards the Etten Moors. Uh, which is troll country and little known to him, right? And of course, one of the conclusions we drew from this is that indeed this area of the troll shaws that they're traveling through is also little known to him, at least compared to the area around Bree and the Midgewater Marshes, right? As he did not 
obviously have a path that he was taking them on, um, he's clearly winging it based on uh, what he's saying and, and what they're doing, and even the fact that they got to the place where they got to at the end of class, uh, in the final slide that we looked at last time, where they were just kind of taking this valley that was going in the right direction until they found that it dead-ended into this uh, ridge that they could barely climb, that the pony could barely climb, and that Frodo had to get off and labor on foot up, which was clearly not part of the uh, part of the plan. Um, anyway, so um, uh, so that's that's where we that's where we left them last time, and so they they're spending the night up on the ridge, um, which is actually in its way a kind of an interesting place for them to spend the night, right? Um, considering that remember Strider was worried about them being able to be seen. Um, you know, how he made them drop down behind the wall on top of Weathertop and everything, and we've already seen that they could somehow apparently be detected on the road. Um, but uh, anyway, um, night was cold up on the high ridge. They lit a small fire down under the gnarled roots of an old pine that hung over a shallow pit. It looked as if stone had once been quarried there. They sat huddled together. The wind blew chill through the pass, and they heard the treetops lower down, moaning and sighing. Frodo lay half in a dream, imagining that endless dark wings were sweeping by above him, and that on the wings rode pursuers that sought him in all the hollows of the hills. The morning dawned bright and fair, the air was clean, and the light pale and clear in a rain-washed sky. Their hearts were encouraged, but they longed for the sun to warm their cold, stiff limbs. As soon as it was light, Strider took Mary with him and went to survey the country from the height to the east of the pass. The sun had risen and was shining brightly when he returned with more comforting news. They were now going more or less in the right direction. If they went on, down the further side of the ridge, they would have the mountains on their left. Some way ahead, Strider had caught a glimpse of the loud water again, and he knew that, though it was hidden from view, the road to the ford was not far from the river, and lay on the nearest side, on the side nearest to them. We must make for the road again, he said. We cannot hope to find a path through these hills. Whatever danger may beset it, the road is our only way to the ford. Okay. Um, yes, uh, both Tony and uh, Mad Violinist are struck by the same thing I was struck by uh, in this... Uh, uh, in this passage, right, um, which is that that this sort of the half dream, the vision that Frodo has, is quite remarkable, right? Um, it does seem to be sort of prefiguring or this sort of prescient dream that Frodo seems to have, right? At this point in the story, there's no actual precedent for this kind of thing, right? Um, imagining that endless dark wings were sweeping by above him and that the wings on the wings rode pursuers that sought him in all the hollows of the hills. Um, the winged Nazgul have not been seen, right? So uh, obviously that's the first thing that we think, I assume, that for most of you, as for me, that's the first thing that you think of, right? That the time will not be very long coming 
though it may seem long to us who are treading the long path there. Um, but anyway, the time will not be that long before we will get, in fact, pursuers riding on the wing, on wings, right, who will be seeking in all of the hollows of the hills. Um, Frodo seems to have... Uh, 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 a half dream. It's hard for me to dismiss this as a kind of coincidence or as a sort of metaphor either, right? That is to say, we could say that perhaps he's, this is merely some kind of, um, uh, I don't know, sort of anxiety dream, just as, you know, he, he, he feels the pressure of the wills of the Nazgul, Right, seeking for him and uh, and uh, attempting to daunt him, that would seem to explain his previous dreams of them looking over the hedges. Right, and we were kind of looking at what that dream suggested about Frodo's state of mind. Right. However, these, um, this dream is a little bit more specific than that. Right. It's not just that he's imagining like if the Dark Wings in some sort of abstract sense, were the Nazgul, right? If he's imagining, like, the the roving, like, searching will of the Witch King, for instance, um, and he's kind of perceiving that vaguely as being, you know, like, you know, a dark-winged creature that is, uh, uh, that is, you know, flying about and seeking for him in all the hollows of the hills, that would be one thing, right? Um, th- it would be a little bit easy to understand that, you know, this sort of symbolic or metaphorical perception that he's going to have here. Um, and uh, I think it looks like somebody, yeah, uh, Veronica was suggesting that he's sort of connected to the mind of Sauron through the ring. Sort of, I'm not sure. I mean, not directly. I mean, if he were connected to the mind of Sauron, then Sauron would be directly aware of him in ways which would be obviously catastrophic later on in the story. So um, there's not a, an exactly a direct connection there. Though, again, I could imagine that in the state that he is in, uh, coming increasingly more under this sort of oppressive power of the Nazgul and of the Morgul wound that he has received, um, and drawing more, you know, closer and closer to the Wraith world himself, I can easily imagine that Frodo could become, in some sense, sort of distantly aware right of the uh, uh, of the will of Sauron searching for him but again um, notice that's not what is being described it's not the will of Sauron nor the will of the Nazgul that is being compared to a thing flying around with wings right Um, he is imagining endless dark wings sweeping by above him and pursuers riding on the wings, right? So again, it's not just that those wings are symbols of or sort of a pictorial or, you know, visual representation of that awareness that is seeking for him or something like that. That's not what he's, what he's, it's the riding that, that word road is the, is the one that I keep coming back to. It's the one that I can't get away from there, right? Um, there are pursuers riding on the wings. And that, I, that's kind of too close to me. Can somebody look it up? I'm not remembering. Uh, can somebody look this up in The Return of the Shadow and tell me, was this in any of the earlier drafts? 
because that would that would be interesting to know. It'd be interesting to know. Can somebody look this up for me uh, again? Return of the Shadow. Tell me. Look look at the early drafts of this stuff and see if you can find any reference to this bit. Um, also, the bit about the hedge, right? The, the both of these sort of uh, dreaming incidents that Frodo has here. Um, oop, sorry. Um, I'd be interested to see. Um, yeah. See, Matt, I, I, I could, I would think that it could be something, uh, again, more purely symbolic, like the eagle-shaped clouds, right above Numenor. Except again, I get to me, it's uh, that's. Well, I don't want to say precluded. That's perhaps a strong word, but I think that's indicated against by that word riding, right? That's not that's not what he's imagining. He's not just imagining winged things. Um, Kyle uh, Winiecki, uh, concerning which, hi, Kyle. I don't think you've been here for a while, but at least I haven't noticed you commenting as much lately. But anyway, um, could this be a misinterpretation on Frodo's part? similar to the, uh, in the house of Bombadil. Um, so it, you're thinking, for instance, about the theory that the, the hooves galloping, galloping that he hears is probably actually a vision of Gandalf riding towards him. And yet he misinterprets it as black riders. Right. Um, and so could this be the same thing that we have eagles flying with riders, but, uh, who are in fact seeking him in all the hollows of the hills. But again, not a bad thing, but a good thing, right? Um, yeah, okay. Ah, Erechem, thank you. And awesome to meet you this weekend, Erechem. One of the people who got to come to Magnolia Moot this weekend. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, in the night spent up on the ridge, Sam's questioning of Strider concerning Frodo's wound, right, which we looked at last time, is given to Mary, and Frodo's dream that endless dark wings were sweeping over him and that on the wings road pursuers is present. Okay, great, great. That is amazing. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, so Tony. Tony says, are we to presume from this that the use of the fell beasts was something that predated this well yes i mean certainly within the chronology of the story it is clear that sauron already has the fell beast plan I mean, he's been breeding these suckers right presumably for a while so um he's been preparing that and he's been holding it back until you know like his plans are riper um Apparently. I mean, that seems to be pretty clear. The thing that I, the reason why I was wondering about this from the Return of the Shadow, which Erica was just telling us, is that it seems that it predates the fell beasts in Tolkien's own plan as well. And that's fairly remarkable, actually, um, because I don't think um, I don't think that I'm trying to think of when there's clear evidence clear evidence now of Nazgul on wings riding on wings in the in the primary text I mean of course obviously the first real encounter with it uh, is at the at the Anduin right when Legolas shoots down the fell beast but um, 
Yeah, Zephan, I agree with you that I don't think anyone can actually be riding eagles. Gandalf rode an eagle, of course, but he's not riding eagles anymore. He's been on horseback for quite some time. Um, so there isn't really a um, there isn't really uh, uh, anybody, any good guys riding on eagles looking for him. Now, again, as Kyle was suggesting, it could be. Remember, it's not. This wouldn't be the first time that Frodo has had a belated current events dream, right? Uh, so it's possible that he's sort of imagining. Um, uh, it's it's possible that he's sort of imagining Gandalf riding on the eagles, even though it happened a while back. But but I, this I, I don't think so. And and the primary reason I don't think so here is that. Um, this is not like a normal dream, right? I'd be a little surprised if this were a current events dream exactly in that same kind of way that he had the dream about Gandalf up on the tower, right? When he was in, when he was in Crick Hollow. I think that, um, uh, he lay half in a dream, right? Um, I think this is a, this is a symptom of his own spirit kind of wandering. Um, he's pretty close to the Wraith world right here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, so a couple of you were talking about Krabine. Mm. Maybe. But see, again, I, I, I don't... It, there are pursuers riding on the wings. Again, that's why I don't believe that it's crows, right? Um, uh, what we do seem to get, as Arden Cran was just suggesting on uh, Twitter, if I saw that properly at 90 degrees, um, is, uh, is like, uh, almost like, Tolkien having this thought, which is going to uh, get its full expression later on, right? Um, almost as if this that this moment of Frodo's dream um, is potentially the seed that is going to grow into the Nazgul riding on fell beasts, right? Um, yeah. So um, exactly. Erokeba, a leaf not yet unfolded. And I think there's a certain amount of evidence for this. Um, we'll get to it a little bit later. But I think I think that that might be. I, I am tempted to read that this way. Um, that Frodo has this vision, which turns out to be a, turns out to be a prescient vision, right? He has this foreboding, foreshadowing of pursuers riding on winged steeds hunting for him. Now, that isn't true, but it's going to be true. He gets this insight into the plans. I bet the Witch King, who's, I don't think that uh, Frodo's mind is tied to Sauron's at this point, but I do think it's connected to the Witch King. At least his will is connected to the will of the Witch King, I think, through the wound uh, and the splinter of the blade. Um, so I would not be surprised if there were some uh, some kinds of connection there. And the Witch King certainly would know about the plan, right? Um, but of course, that's retconning. If it's in that first draft, that's why I wanted to confirm, because 
this theory is right out if it wasn't there originally. And it was if 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 this passage had only been added back after Tolkien had invented the fell beasts later on, um, then it would be uh, a little clearer the direction in which things are things are going. Right? Um, yeah. Tony says it's almost like he's feeling the intent of the non-school. Uh, yeah, something like that. Right? Possibly. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I, it, I think I would nominate this passage as the moment where that vision of the Nazgul riding uh, the dark wings of the fell beasts is sort of, a, you know, Tolkien has just discovered that idea, I suspect, as he's writing this passage. And Frodo is therefore sort of imagining it. Um, crownless, I wonder. Um, is this a, you know, Crownless is asking if this is a, uh, um, a vision sent by Olmo or somebody. It doesn't seem to have any markings of that. Again, especially since he's only half in a dream. And I, I don't want to make too much of that. But again, he's half waking here. It's one thing to fall asleep and have a vision in, the, in your sleep, right? Like he does at Crick Hollow, like he does at the House of Tom Bombadil. Those are like legit dreams. And we talked about what, you know, could possibly be um, evidence of the uh, of the influence of Olmo, especially in his Crick Hollow dream. Um, but this doesn't seem this doesn't feel like that. This feels instead like his own spirit wandering in the Wraith world as he himself is is pushed near the edge of what his body can handle in his weakened state. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. James. Exactly. No, it seems to be present. It seems to be present from the beginning. Yeah. The, the, the dream of dark wings. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's really fascinating. Um, yes. Yes. Boomful. You are anticipating correctly. Uh, the passage that I'm thinking about that I'm looking forward to talking about in the context of this later. Remember Frodo's vision of riders on dark wings when we start talking about fast-moving wisps of cloud uh, when we get to the ring goes south. So all we have to do is get past many meetings and the Council of Elrond and then we'll be right on our way uh, on the ring goes south and when we get there we will talk about that passage with the the Wisp of Cloud. And there, I think, is one of the other places where we're going to want to be remembering this dream and coming back to this concept. Um, but anyway, like I said, this sounds to me much more like Frodo's mind and spirit wandering um, uh, in the Wraith world. And therefore, if he has any contact with things, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking that it's definitely the mind of his enemies, essentially, uh, that he is in contact with, um, rather than, um, rather than the Valar. Again, does this mean he's immune to the, to the Valar, that nothing could be revealed to him again? No, but I don't see, I don't see any evidence of it. I don't see any markers for it. Um, yeah, yeah. We can talk about it at Mythmoot, Tony. Yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, uh, yeah, cool. Um, all right, so let's see. What was I going to say? Was there something else I was going to say about the beginning there? I don't think so. Um, oh, uh, a quick question I saw. I think Luke was talking about this on uh, uh, on Twitter there. There's. Uh, it looks as if stone had been quarried there up on the ridge. 
right? Which is interesting. Um, trolls, apparently, uh, do would not have quarried stone, right? Because trolls do not build, according to Aragorn. So assuming Aragorn is right about uh, the architectural inability of trolls, um, which we noticed last week, Lotro is very faithful with, with, right? Trolls don't have any structures of any kind, uh, as we can see in their home areas. Um, but anyway, so trolls not building, they would presumably not quarry stone either. Um, and so, but somebody did, right? But if we look at the map, this whole area was, um, was you know, pretty much... Uh, 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 owned uh, by Rudaur. So we know that in the old days, although, because, uh, so remember, Weathertop was sort of the frontier, right? And Rudaur was especially to the north, but they extended off in this direction. Again, as is pretty clear, you can see where Rudaur is represented uh, on the map, um, the sort of classic Lord of the Rings map of Middle-earth. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, it's not strange. Remember, there was also, you know, they were seeing towers built up on the hills and stuff. So that there is evidence, you know, there's there, there's already other evidence that they've seen of, you know, men of old having lived here. And it would presumably be people of Rudaur. Um, so I think that's what that's where they are. Interesting that no tower was built here. Right. There's no lookout position on this ridge. Um, just a just a hole where stone was quarried, but it's useful for them to build their fire in so that they can make a small fire um, to keep everybody, especially Frodo, warm, cold. Remember being uh, uh, having lots of negative associations here with Frodo's wounded state. Um, but yet they don't want to be seen uh, from a distance. So um, that I think it's interesting to see their prudence. One side note here. One of the things I'm really enjoying about reading through these passages, in some ways, of course, the last few weeks have not been super eventful passages, mostly descriptions of them walking around. Um, one of the things that I'm really appreciating about going through these passages paragraph by paragraph is that it's clear that, you know, I let a lot of the details of this sort of slide past me. I never had a really clear mental picture of this ridge before. Um, I mean, I you know, would have remembered that they had a difficult climb and that Frodo had a hard time of it. I mean, like what happened with Frodo, um, was, um, uh, was, you know, something that I, that, that I recalled. Um, but you know, one of the things I find when I, when I'm stopping and reading through these things closely with you guys is that although I enjoy many of the descriptive passages, I don't always pay very close attention to them. I don't always follow them as narrative here, um, which is kind of fun to do, uh, to uh, be able to picture this much more clearly. Um, anyway, okay, so they're but the, so they're still they're camping up on that saddle at the top of this ridge, um, and their hearts are encouraged by the bright and fair morning that dawns. Um, and they're hoping to be warmed up again. But they long for the sun to warm their cold, stiff limbs, right? Um, it's uh, it's still it's bright and clear, but it's cloudy. Uh, there's no direct sunlight to warm them up. And again, of course, all the hobbits are cold and stiff. But both of those terms are sort of alarming words when we think about poor Frodo, right? And the chill of his wound. Um, his 
left arm presumably is not only cold and not only just kind of stiff, right, but presumably still useless. Um, okay, so then Strider takes Mary with him. Now, notice again, Strider doesn't know where he is, right? He's got to scout the country. Um, and so they, they go to survey the country from the height to the east of the past. So they're on this pass uh, and they're on this saddle, right? So they're, they're climbing up. Uh, up the, they're so following presumably the top of the ridge, the ridge to an even higher place, right, where they can see down where they would be going once they come over the the saddle here, right. Um, and Mad Violinist, I too think it's interesting that he takes Mary, right. Uh, um, Mad Violinist is asking, is this a promotion in respect for Mary, right? Um, we've seen him take Sam aside. And Sam recently take him aside uh, in order to have private, serious conversations about things like Frodo's condition, especially. That is something that he seems to know Sam is most concerned with and that he wants to kind of keep Sam in the loop about, right? Um, Mary, is he, I think, is this the first time Mary has been kind of separated out? You'll remember Mary also came with Frodo and Aragorn up to the top of Weathertop, right? That's the only other time I can recall um, that Mary has um, um, uh, has has really uh, uh, kind of been singled out in any way. Um, and uh, I agree, Tarlaniel, that Pippin gets no respect. Um, but uh, but it does seem JJ. That's just what I was thinking too. I think this is less a question of you know him promoting Mary and dissing Pippin as it is him kind of trying to take the measure of each hobbit uh, in uh, in in particular. Possibly also, Finn, as you say, perhaps he has also sort of perceived that Mary's better at this kind of thing. You remember, Mary was their guide. You know, he didn't totally cover himself with glory as their guide on the old forest expedition. Um, but you know, Pippin has never undertaken to lead anybody through the woods, right? Um, so it seems likely that um, uh, Aragorn has noticed that Mary is more comfortable with this kind of thing. So, you know, is he, uh, you know, is what we're seeing here again another example of Aragorn's perception um, kind of trying to bring in the, right? He, he, he knows Sam's focus on Frodo, right? And so he is, you know, taking Sam into his confidence when he's talking about Frodo's condition. When it's time to scout out the terrain and he's going to bring a hobbit with him, he's going to leave Sam with Frodo, of course, so that Sam can look after Frodo. But it's Mary that he's going to bring with him because um, this is the kind of thing that Mary's good at. And so it gives him a chance to to do that. Anyway, um, I, I do... Um, um, I do, uh, Nick. I agree that uh, this is one of the hallmarks of a good leader, right? We see him um, taking the opportunity both to uh, um, both to spend time with and get to know the the, the different hobbits individually, but also to um, value show that he values the things that they're good at and to kind of encourage and bring uh, bring them out uh, on that. So what what is Pippin good at <laughs> that Strider's going to bring out? Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, Pippin uh, does get, but also kind of merits a little bit less respect, really. Um, but um, but we'll see. Okay. Um, 
but again, uh, you know, but obviously one of the other conclusions that, of course, that we need to notice in passing as we go through uh, is that Strider, again, is making this up as he goes along, right? He just doesn't know this area well enough to be able to just lead them without having um, visually scanned it uh, in advance. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Um they were now going more or less in the right direction. Okay. Um, some way ahead, Strider had caught a glimpse of the loud water again. Okay. Um, we must make... We must make for the road. We cannot hope to find a path through these hills. Um, this The conclusion that... Um, the conclusion that strider is coming to i'm um i'm a little hesitant here because it's it's less clear than other examples but i'm tempted to put this in the category of decisions that strider rejects or strider second guessing himself right um, like I said, it's not, it's not that strong. I don't think that he's, uh, he's not actually saying I screwed up here. Right. But what he is saying is uh, I'm changing my plan. Like my original plan is not going to work. He took them North of the road and clearly he was trying to guide them around so that they could get to the Ford of Bruin. And the Ford is the only way to cross the river without going all the way up through the Ettenmoors and coming at Rivendell from the North. Um, which he rejects for obvious reasons because it's too long and plus too many trolls. Um, but it's clear that his first plan was to take them off the road and stay off the road for as long as possible. But it's not worked out. That that plan has failed. Um, so Mr. My Cuts Short or Long Don't Go Wrong, his cut seems to be going wrong, in fact, right? Um, his desire to lead them th isn't working. It started going in the wrong direction, and when they're coming back now, they, they, they he almost led them to disaster here. Frodo is able to make it up that ridge, right? But I mean, if if he hadn't been, or if the pony hadn't been able to make it, they might have had to turn around and go all the way back, right? So, um, I definitely think that uh, his resolution here, um, we cannot hope to find a path through these hills, is a very gentle kind of self-indictment here, right? He does seem to have hoped to find a path through these hills, right? Um, and when I agree, Finn, when he says, I ho hope to find a path that he it meant make a path, right? That just like merely by path, I think he doesn't mean like a pre marked trail, right? But rather he was hoping to find a way that they could go, right? But now he's given up on that. They've got to get back to the road. Um, Mad Violinist sees this as reacting to Frodo's deterioration. That's why I was qualifying it, saying it doesn't sound like... It, it doesn't quite have the edge of those other... Like, when he's saying, I now believe that they've been watching this place for some time. Um, it's pretty clear that he thinks he made the wrong call to come to, 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 to Weathertop in the first place, right? And he's going to be even more overt in doubting his uh, own decisions uh, at uh, Parth Galen, of course, later on, right? Um, but uh, 
but anyway, I, I, so Mad Violinist, I do think the other element there is that he's like, okay, um, we got to change the plan, right? Frodo's in a bad way. Um, he's, he's, you know, we can't mess around with this, right? If we continue trying to wind our way through these hills, we're going to take so long that Frodo's probably going to be dead or worse before we get there, right? And that's, you know, nothing worse can happen to us. Um, so if there we're caught on the road, you know, yeah, that'd be bad, right? But not worse than staying up in the hills until Frodo is, uh, you know, is carried away anyway um, by his wound. So, yeah. Um, but again, the reason, the only reason, Mad Violinist, that I was thinking about sort of him questioning his own ability to accomplish what he set out to do here is the f the extent to which he seems to be winging it and things seem to be not panning out right um but uh so so i i, I wonder if there's at least an element of that of tony exactly of uh, him discovering that his long cut has kind of gone a little bit wrong right or almost went wrong anyway and him not wanting to to risk it anymore um yeah Anyway, okay. Hey, I have an idea. Let's do another slide. As soon as they had eaten, they set out again. They climbed slowly down the southern side of the ridge, but the way was much easier than they had expected, for the slope was far less steep on this side, and before long Frodo was able to ride again. Bill Fernie's poor old pony was developing an unexpected talent for picking out a path, and for sparing its rider as many jolts as possible. The spirits of the party rose again. Even Frodo felt better in the morning light, but every now and again a mist seemed to obscure his sight, and he passed his hand over his eyes. Pippin was a little ahead of the others. Suddenly he turned round and called to them. There is a path here, he cried. When they came up with him, they saw that he had made no mistake. There were clearly the beginnings of a path that climbed with many windings out of the woods below and faded away on the hilltop behind. In places it was now faint and overgrown, or choked with fallen stones and trees, but at one time it seemed to have been much used. It was a path made by strong arms and heavy feet. Here and there old trees had been cut or broken down, and large rocks cloven or heaved aside to make a way. They, fo they followed the track for some little while, for some while, for it offered much the easiest way down, but they went cautiously and their anxiety increased as they came into the dark woods, and the path grew plainer and broader. Suddenly, coming out of a belt of fir trees, it ran steeply down a slope, and turned sharply to the left, round the corner of a rocky shoulder of the hill. All right. Um, yes, Tony, I see the same thing here. Uh, the, the action of the sun against the shadow. Um, all of their spirits rise when the sun comes out, um, and, uh, even Frodo felt better in the morning light. It is hard for me, Tony, also to forget the knife disintegrating when the sun rose. Um, which again, I, I, I don't think is a coincidence. I don't think that that's just the moment at which this knife, which was meant to dissolve, finally dissolved. It seems to dissolve when the sunlight hits it. The sunlight does seem to have some power, um, over the blade and I suspect over the wound as well. Um, Frodo's Frodo feels better. Now notice that's kind of vague, right? Frodo felt better in the morning light. What does that mean? His spirits rose, his wound 
pains him less, the deadly chill in his side recedes somewhat, all of the above? Is there any difference between among those things? Are all three of those things tied together? I rather suspect that they are. Um, yeah, and JJ, you're right. Sunlight also solved the problem Bilbo had in this region, right? So uh, uh, the sunshine is definitely your friend around here, right? Um, yeah, mad violinist, I agree. I do think that um, uh, the... Mad Violinist just said uh, this is him feeling less under spiritual attack. Yes, exactly. Or rather, notice, I think even perhaps the rising of the spirits of everybody else around him is useful, right? Is helpful. Um, uh, remember, um, we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Aragorn saying that, telling Sam not to give up hope, right? Um that, that, that has a couple different functions, right? Um, one of the functions is you could actually make his wound worse, I think, if you despaired, if Sam despairs, because Sam's despair itself would potentially negatively impact Frodo's spiritual posi uh, 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 position, right? His spiritual state. And it's this has been a spiritual attack from the beginning. The bright sunshine, the... Uh, happiness and comfort of his uh, friends. Uh, Frodo's body is warmed as their bodies warm and their spirits rise, I think, right? Um, Ambrosius Aureliana says that I wonder if Frodo were much more heavily rapefied if the sun would not become a pain to him as it is to Gollum. Uh, Ambrosius, I agree. I think that that's... Um, uh, I think that that is... A really interesting fact to notice and which is easy to miss here um it's i think fairly clearly a good thing that frodo is cheered by the morning light right um it kind of um all right well i'll make the comparison even though it's open in a big can of worms. It reminds me of Dracula. Those of you who have done my Mythgard Academy class on Dracula, which if you haven't, you totally should. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness. Dracula, one of my favorite books in the world. Anyway, um, so it's it's like in Dracula when Mina has been affected and you know Van Helsing is watching her, right? And as long as she can still be out in the sunshine and unaffected, uh, not getting sleepy during the day, and as long as she's still eating all right and everything, you know like everything's okay right but as things be you know as as her own spiritual state begins to decay there are these indicators right these things which were good for her and encouraging her now become painful to her and she can't do them anymore right and i i think that we would see that with frodo if 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 he were too far gone already um i suspect that the sun would be a threat to him, a pain to him rather than a comfort to him. So I think it's a very good sign uh, that Frodo feels better in the morning light. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Pontine was wondering about, um, could a spiritual attack be more powerful in the dark versus the sunlight? Well, it certainly seems to be. I mean, Think of the fog, think of the Barrow Downs, think of, I mean, the, the, the contrast of the darkness and light stuff. I mean, we don't want to be too simplistic, right? Because 
the nighttime and the starlight is also the elves' best time, right? So it's not like daylight is always good and 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 dark. You know, the night is always bad. Um, night is a blessed time, especially when there are elves around, right? The elves are the Eldar, the people of the stars, so they certainly don't object to nighttime. Um, so obviously, one can be way too simplistic in just sort of saying, you know, again, night bad, day good, and yet. Um, we do see some pretty clear correlation of the uh, of the the evil creatures being stronger in the darkness. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's um, uh, both of those. So we have to be careful. Again, we can't be too simplistic in how we look at that. Um, and yet, there certainly is a correlation here that I think that we can't. Uh, that we can't ignore. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, Blue Wizard, I agree um, uh, with your sort of qualification that Gollum was constitutionally different um, even before the ring came into his possession. Um, yes, he was a sneak and went delving for secrets and, and everything else. Agreed. Um, his uh, sort of desire to escape the sun, in a sense, kind of... Uh, predates his real corruption by the ring in some sense. But, um, but yes, JJ, it's not, not only have the Nazgul been attacking at night, they've been attacking at the, at the, remember how they stood around waiting for hours until the, until the dark before the dawn, right? The darkest hour of the night before they would, uh, uh, before they would attack in Crick Hollow. So yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of evidence to suggest that darkness and nighttime is good for them and sunlight much less so. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, the path, though. Let's think about the path. No, wait. Hang on. Um, brief note about, uh, um, Bill the Pony, right? Notice what Bill the Pony is, uh, um, is particularly good at, right? Bill the Pony is developing an unexpected talent for picking out a path and for sparing its rider as many jolts as possible. Bill the Pony is um, <laughs> leveling up faster than the hobbits. That's true, mad violinist. But um, what he's getting particularly... He's, it's not just that he is happier and fatter and uh, and looks more full of life than he was before. We've already observed that. Um but he is getting good at taking care of Mr. Frodo, right? Uh, it does seem to me almost as if he uh, is um, sort of absorbing Sam's spirit of, uh, of care and service. Um, I doubt. Yeah, it is like he's, he's channeling Sam Finn. Um, but I'm wondering, right? It makes me think that rather than that he is gaining a devotion for Mr. Frodo, right? I suspect he's getting a devotion for Sam, right? And he's doing what Sam knows uh, is what he knows that is, is going to make Sam happy, right? Which is of course, taking good care of Mr. Frodo. Um, so uh, I, I, to me, it's notice how Sam isn't mentioned there at all, 
right? Uh, so it's very indirect. Um, but uh, yeah, good. Uh, Mad Violinist points out, of course, we'll remember that uh, the last two times we see Bill Fernie, one, uh, first Sam is hitting him in the face with an apple. Uh, and the last time... Um, uh, uh, Bill the Pony is hitting him with a hoof right as he goes by. So that sense of like, yes, um, uh, Bill the Pony knows what Sam would want, though goodness knows Bill the Pony has his own personal reasons uh, for wanting to uh, uh, for wanting to kick Bill, uh, uh, Bill Fernie. But but still, yeah, um, I um, I do think that um, to me the implication is. Um, is that he and Sam are already bonding, right? And because you know, you know that Sam is going to uh, be praising him, right? Uh, and positively reinforcing the things that he does to help to spare jolts to Mr. Frodo, right? Um, and that Bill is responding to that uh, very strongly, I think is... Uh, um, that seems to me to work pretty well. So again, Sam not mentioned in that passage, hard for me to read that and not hear uh, Sam behind that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Karina says she likes to think that Sam is the one who is absorbing the good vibes of Bill the Pony. So, so that, that Karina Bill the Pony is the real um, sort of rock of the whole party at this point, and it is it is it is the 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 the, the generous good spirits from Bill the Pony that is helping to raise everyone else's spirits and therefore serve as uh, um, uh, th therefore serve as uh, a, a spiritual counterattack right against the Nazgul. Uh, yeah, he is the real hero and an inspiration to us all. Says Karina. Okay, okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I can get behind, behind that. <laughs> I can, I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. JJ's asking the sensible question of what Bill is gaining levels in, uh, is he gaining levels in cleric? Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think he needs to. Um, yeah, yeah. JJ is speculating that it sounds like perhaps the council should have entrusted Bill to be the ring bearer. Um, <laughs> they could have done worse, I can tell you that. Um, but, uh, anyway, okay. All right. Pippin is going on a little bit ahead. Now, um, this is interesting in light of what we were just noticing with Mary. And I, um, I want to, um, uh, there are two ways that I can immediately imagine reading this, right? Pippin's running on ahead. That is, um, either he is sort of feeling left out, Right. Oh, Mary got to scout with Strider. Well, I'm going to scout on ahead, right, and show that I'm a good scout too. Um, or he could just be being reckless, right? Like here's Pippin merrily, like running on ahead, uh, you know, without uh, uh, any particular plan. Uh, 
I think, though, and as we're going to see in the next couple passages here, I think, I think that we see Pippin wanting to, and I, I agree, Mad Violinist, it's not exactly competitive, but I do think that both Mary and Pippin seem to want to please Strider or impress Strider, right? To show him that they're not useless. Um, Mary got a chance to go with him. I'm wondering if Pippin is here sort of wanting to show his usefulness. Now, I agree, Gallandar, that he's prone to being bored and restless, and it could very well be nothing more than that. Um, several of you seem to like the young and, re and re reckless Pippin uh, just kind of uh, you know, uh, uh, skipping on ahead here. And I agree. I think that that's very possible, but let's kind of hold on to this because I think we'll get some more evidence for this in a little bit. Um, but, um, uh, it's at least just a, an interesting little fact that Pippin is going on ahead. Um, and then he calls that there's a path. Um, now, yeah, Kyle, I think you do make a good point. Um, Aragorn is not reining him in, right? And probably if he were just being reckless, maybe Aragorn would, Aragorn is permitting him to, to go on ahead, right? Uh, and that would seem uh, that I, I agree. That fact alone is potentially interesting. Um, yeah. All right. Um, And yes, Zephan, that's exactly what I'm thinking here. Uh, it's adorable that the hobbits might be warming up to Strider even by trying to impress him. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. They were uncertain. They were, they were, they were doubtful. They were afraid of him, right? I mean, they have reason to be. I mean, he's one of the big people. They don't really know him. Um, he's kind of intimidating in some ways. But even when they think he's a good guy, he's still kind of, you know, he goes from, hey, this guy might be a murderer, you know, going to kill us in the dark fears at the beginning to, uh, you know, this guy is like some kind of like, you know, woodland superhero. And, you know, we have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So hang on a second here. Let's think about this path. There were the beginnings of a path that climbed with many windings out of the woods below and faded away on the hilltop behind. Now, we know where it's headed down in the valley, right? They're going to keep following it down, and we know where it's going to lead them, right? It's going to lead them to where Bilbo's trolls were. My question is, where's the other end of the path go? It went up to the... Um, it went up into the hills, right? Faded away on the hilltop behind. I assume that means not the saddle, not the pass that they climbed over. Because otherwise, if the if it went up to the pass, they would presumably have found the path pretty quickly when they started coming down, right? Um, less need for Bill the Pony to show his rare talent at picking out a path, right? Um, so the hilltop... I think probably means that height that made perhaps that very height that Mar <clears throat> that Marion Strider went up. Um, one of the hilltops along next to the ridge. I'm not really sure. 
exactly um uh Yeah, Finn is recalling that Gandalf says the trolls came down out of the hills. I think so, Finn. I think that this that the only thing that we can get here is the sense that they that this is a troll path, right? I mean, we're gonna see that that's 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 clearly true, Um, but they. Yeah. Um, so notice a couple things. It's faint and overgrown where they are, right? And it fades away on the hilltop behind. That could just mean it goes far away, right? Um, but it also looks like it's less well-worn further up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Luke, exactly. It does seem to go up north into the Trolls' Trials. So I guess this is where the Trolls came from? I guess. Does it suggest that there was coming and going here? Um, I do think, Arden Crayon, it seems possible that they were using an old Rudauer path, although that doesn't sound like it, right? Um, that doesn't sound... Um, they don't... It doesn't, it's not described as if it were an ancient road, right? We're not, they don't find any ruins or constructions. Remember the, the path that they were on as they approached Weathertop, right? Which clearly was an old road. And there were indicators of that. Remember the, the, the rocks all along one side, like a wall and everything that, you know, they, they were seeing evidence that this was a constructed road, um, they're seeing evidence of this being a constructed road as well, but Mad Violinist, exactly. It's described as being made by heavy arms and feet. So they're seeing evidence that it's not just a, a fluke, right? There's rocks rolled out of the way. There's uh, uh, trees uh, oh, cut or broken down, right? Um, large rocks cloven, right? Or heaved aside. Um, so cloven, they're split. They're not shaped, so I don't think this is new. This is uh, Arnorian work that they're seeing. Um, and Erokeb, yeah, it's interesting that trolls may not build, but they do clear land, apparently. Um, they do make paths. Maybe not buildings, but apparently paths. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Zephin, you're right. Well, this will this this should become clear. In the, it's true that in the Hobbit, once the trolls are turned to stone, the company follows the troll tracks up the hill until they find a cave. We'll get we'll we'll see we'll see that. Um, let's keep going here. So they're going cautiously with their anxiety increasing as they come into the dark woods because the path is growing plainer and broader. Again, the 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 increase of the path. Um, both its clarity and its breadth, right, uh, suggest to me that this is a this was a, a more well-worn path than what they found up above, right? Um, wherever the trolls, whatever the trolls were doing on this lower part of the road happened more often, apparently, um, than whatever it was that led up into the hills. Um, and Finn, I agree that 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 sense of the destructiveness, right? Destroying things to make their path. We're just going to 
we're not going to go around these rocks. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to split them, right? And heave them out of the way. We're going to break down these trees or cut down. The breaking is the part that really impresses me, right? Um, it's not just we're going to fell these trees. We're going to break them off, um, showing the brute force that was used in this, right? Um, and it is true that 78 years have passed since these trolls were there. Um, but um, I do, I, it seems to me that if anything, this kind of works the other way around. That is, instead of imagining that the trolls are using a path that was established by the ancient Rudaurans, it seems to me likely that somebody more recently has been using the path that was made by the trolls um, in order to maintain it and have it not be overgrown, because 78 years is a heck of a long time. Uh, and a path trodden by heavy feet. I mean, even broken off trees are going to grow back after 78 years, right? Um, so perhaps then we shouldn't be too rash. The, um, the width and clarity of the path down here through the woods perhaps suggests that more people have been down here recently, or whoever it is who uses it. it could be animals, conceivably, keeping the, the track open. Um, it doesn't necessarily prove that the trolls themselves used the path more down here than they used up in the hills, but this is the one that survives best. If it had been a track, the heavy feet suggests to me that this is more than just like a trail where the grass is trodden down, right? Like a dirt trail, uh, along the, 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 the grass, the found that it, the fact that he says, um, it was a path made by strong arms and heavy feet, the strong arms. It then goes on to explain about the trees being cut or broken down the large rocks cloven or heaved aside to make a way. But what about the heavy feet? To me, the heavy feet implies that this is actually a sunken in path. Um, uh, that, uh, it's, it's made like a gully or something, uh, not like a deep gully, but um, that it's somehow kind of recessed, right? Um, so that, and that would explain why even after 78 years, it's still there, right? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it belongs Mond is imagining, uh, you know, somebody doing, Walking tours of Bilbo's adventure, right? Yes. And up here you will find the very stone trolls. Uh, yeah, somebody's uh, somebody's making a mint out of giving walking tours for that. Totally. Totally. Um, and I agree, Finn. Rain would, if it were um, a, uh, a path that ended up getting kind of carved into the hillside, right? To some, even to, some, to a little extent, uh, rain wash off would make it probably into a deeper gully rather than uh, uh, than uh, than anything else, right? Um, yeah, cool. Um, all right. Let's see. They followed the track for some while. Um, track, that's also an interesting word, isn't it? Not path. It's not, I mean, it's not just a path. It's called a track. That, that too, Finn, suggests to me something a little bit more gully-like. Um, but anyway, okay. They went cautiously. Their anxiety increased. The path grew plainer and broader. Um, it ran steeply down a slope and turned sharply to the, left, to the left, round the corner of a rocky shoulder of the hill. What could be in that rocky shoulder? 
When they came to the corner, they looked around and saw that the path ran on over a level strip under the face of a low cliff overhung with trees. In the stony wall there was a door hanging crookedly ajar upon one great hinge. Outside the door they all halted. There was a cave or rock chamber behind, but in the gloom inside nothing could be seen. Strider, Sam, and Mary, pushing with all their strength, managed to open the door a little wider, and then Strider and Mary went in. They did not go far, for on the floor lay many old bones, and nothing else was to be seen near the entrance except some great empty jars and broken pots. "'Surely this is a troll hole, if ever there was one,' said Pippin. "'Come out, you two, and let us get away. Now we know who made the path, and we had better get off it quick.' "'There is no need, I think,' said Strider, coming out. "'It is certainly a troll hole, but it seems to have been long forsaken. I don't think we need be afraid.' But let us go on down warily, and we shall see. Okay. Um, couple really interesting things here. First, notice, of course, where we are um, in relation to the book. Many of you were remembering, of course, that they did go uphill to the Troll's Hole, right, in The Hobbit. And, of course, we can see that is, in fact, the situation, right? They're coming, the, the, the company here is coming down the hill uh, from the heights behind, and so they do encounter the hole first, and they're going to descend some more before they get to the place where the stone trolls are still standing, right? Um, and Erokeb, I agree. I think Strider knows exactly where they are, Um this is, I think, another... Ex there is Now, Strider might not know this land as well as he knows the land around Bree. That seems fairly clear, right? But I think there is a 0% chance that Strider doesn't know where he is now, that he doesn't recognize this place, right? Um, surely, you know, I was saying last week that there's no necessary reason to think that Strider has spent enormous amounts of time exploring all the country around the Trollshaws, despite the fact that it's near... Rivendell. Um, he might have done, but again, there's no, I think, necessary and obvious reason why that should necessarily be the case. Um, but, um, but yeah, he has obviously heard Bilbo's story. Lincoln, I agree with you. Lincoln was just joking that the over-under on how many times Strider's heard Bilbo tell the story of the trolls has got to be around 50, right? Yeah, Bilbo tells that story all the time. There is no way Aragorn has escaped hearing that story. And I can't imagine that Strider has never taken on himself to find the stone trolls, right? Um, not necessarily to confirm uh, 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 Bilbo's story as if he doubted it, right? But oh, come on. I mean, that's like a landmark around here now. That's a famous story and a famous story from decades ago. I mean, remember this all happened when Aragorn was what, like 10? So, I mean, he like literally has grown up with stories of the stone trolls. You gotta know that he's been, I mean, he's, how many times has he been through this region? I mean, come on. He's totally been there before. Um, JJ says she's surprised the elves don't have a gift shop nearby selling t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, come on. This is a famous spot. Um, and uh, uh, Ferreth, I agree with you. Um, I also think that uh, Strider seems to be having a lot of fun through this whole bit, right? Um, yes, yes. Um I think that 
now I want to go back to Pippin going on ahead. Um, why doesn't Strider stop him? Because Strider knows it's safe, right? But I think more than that. Remember to put this in context. Yesterday was a hard day, right? The cold, the rain, uh, the very, very difficult climb at the end of the day, Frodo's obvious uh, uh, bad state that night, right? And now, look what we've had, right? We've had a downhill march, which is much easier, and Frodo's been able to ride. The sun has come out and warmed everyone's spirits. Strider knows what's coming, right? He knows, I think, that they're all going to be really excited themselves to see the place which they he knows that they will have heard hundreds of times before, right, about Bilbo and the trolls. Um, I think that, and I don't think he is unaware of the fact that the sort of pleasure of this encounter, right, is going to be good for them and especially for Frodo. And I kind of think, Finn, exactly, that it's going to be more uplifting for Frodo. He's letting them, I think, explore and discover for themselves. Um, I think it's going to increase the surprise. It, I think it certainly works, right? Um, but... Uh, Gallandar is wondering if there's any chance Strider has led them to this place on purpose. Well, uh, yes. Gallandar, yes, I think so. Now, it, Strider seems legitimately to have been um, uncertain of their direction uh, the day before, right? But, Gallandar, remember, he just went up with Mary to a high spot overlooking this whole area earlier this morning with Mary, Right. And then he's like, yeah, let's go down this way. Right. Did Strider, Strider saw the land all around him. Did he recognize it? Did he look down into this valley and say to himself, oh, this is the valley where Bilbo, we're going to go right past where Bilbo's trolls were. Right. Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. And I'm not going to I'm not going to no spoilers for me. Right. I'm not going to tell him um, uh, that Gallandar, that seems to me very possible. Um, and belongs mind, you're absolutely right. Fun is good, right? Um, even a playing a joke on them, which it kind of is a joke. I mean, him not saying anything, the way that he handles this whole thing, um, uh, the way that he doesn't exactly lead them on. I mean, he doesn't actually goad them to be more afraid and deceive them, right? It's like, oh, I don't know, guys. Like there might be trolls anywhere. Better keep your eyes peeled, guys, right? You know, he doesn't he doesn't play up to it like that. Um, but he obviously could say way more than he has said, right? Um, yeah, Crystal, I like that way of thinking about it. Guide the kids to where they can make their own discoveries does seem to be how Strider is handling this whole situation, right? Um, yeah, JJ, it is really fun, isn't it? Uh, uh, JJ's recalling that Thorin's group was comparatively unafraid to approach this spot despite incredible danger right while frodo's group is terrified as they're approaching it despite complete safety right um yeah it's a really fun reversal of uh of of the hobbit situation right um yeah 
Um, anyway, so again, this to me puts in a different context um, the his allowing Pippin to run on ahead. He wants Pippin. He's he's fine with Pippin scouting ahead, right? Um, what's interesting to me, and now notice it's Mary with Strider who goes in, but Strider goes in himself, right? He's not dumb. He doesn't take, he's not taking too many chances, right? I mean, because who knows? Like, there could be, I don't know what, <laughs> like a wild animal that's taken up uh, 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 lodging in the troll hole since he was last there, right? It could be like a, uh, of, of it's fall, it's fall, right? There could be a very sleepy bear in there or something like that, right? So, you know, he, he does go in with Mary, but he doesn't say anything other than to point out the stuff that Pippin isn't exactly noticing, right? Um, which is that this place does not look like it's been recently occupied, right? Um, there could, JJ, of course, be more trolls who have come down later, um, but that doesn't seem to me terribly likely. I mean, it could have just very recently happened by terrible coincidence. Conceivable. Um, but, uh, but again, I think that Strider would notice more recent signs of troll activity, right? The, the, he's not too worried about this because he can see that it's not, uh, is not active, right? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's see. Pippin's tone. Surely this is a troll hole, if ever there was one. Come out, you two, and let us get away. Now we know who made the path, and we had better get off it quick. Here's Pippin. I won't say taking command exactly, but Pippin being resolute, right? Pippin drawing conclusions, right? This is Pippin taking a strong hand in things. Um, come out, you two, and let us get away. That's a little bit cheeky uh, to talk to Strider that way, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now we know who made the path, right? Pippin, he's noticing things. He's drawing conclusions. And JJ, yeah, I think he's trying to show wisdom in front of Strider here. Um I, again, I don't, I don't see anything negative here. I don't think he's trying to show up Strider. I don't think he's aggravated. I don't think he's, uh, you know, uh, uh, competitive exactly. But I think that this is him uh, not just showing sort of spontaneous anxiety, but sort of showing that he is, uh, you know, a hobbit of resolution and action, right, in the face of adversity. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Come out, you two. The you two um, is interesting to me. That is Pippin treating Strider like one of the boys, right? He's one of the gang. Um, he would have spoken exactly that way to Frodo and Mary, right? Um, like back, or to Frodo and Sam when they were crossing the Shire. Um, that he is treating Strider as one of them is kind of interesting, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one side note here. This Surely this is a troll hole if ever there was one. And Strider says, it is certainly a troll hole. Um, notice, notice that a troll hole 
is apparently a thing, right? Like, that seems to be an established genre of, you know, residents, I guess, if you see what I mean. So trolls live in holes normally? That's a, that's, that's known? Is it? Um, I think is that's what they're suggesting. Surely this is a troll hole if ever there was one, right? So he's heard stories about trolls and the holes in which they live, right? And cuz he's heard descriptions of these troll holes and he's see he's he's looking into this one from the safety of the door, right? He doesn't go in with Marion Strider. Um and um and and says, "Oh, yeah, this is obviously a troll hole." Right. Um, he, um, exactly. Uh, I win Dillian like a badger set is a thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. This is a, this is a genre of burrow or a genre of cave, right? Um, hobbits live in holes. Trolls apparently also live in holes. Um, it's true, Galandar, that Strider might just be playing along with Pippin there. Like, it might not really be a thing. It might just be Pippin thinking that it's a thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Okuig is suggesting maybe it's just Pippin's usual term for house because he's a hobbit. Maybe, but I remember hobbits live in houses too. I mean, some of them do. Most, most of them do, in fact, like we're told, right? It's only the, the very rich and the very poor who live in holes anymore in the, in the Shire. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, they would, he would certainly not use it purely generically, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Eru, you're certainly right. Um, if ever you're going to find a hole in which you're going to find the ends of worms and an oozy smell, it's going to be a troll hole, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, I agree. Uh, with the hyphenation of troll hole, uh, that does suggest that there's a single concept behind it there. Um, in a sense, Matt, what interests me is that the word whole is chosen as the, as the primary noun, right? Troll is sort of the secondary noun in order to, you know, describe what kind of hole, right? What kind of hole? Not a hobbit hole. It's a troll hole, right? Um, but whole is the noun that is the, the primary noun that is chosen to translate this term, whatever the term is, uh, you know, in the original Westron, which means the kind of place where trolls are wont to live, right? Um, yeah. Uh-oh. You're right, Katriana. Thank you. Sorry. It's almost field trip time. Um, almost field trip time. We're almost done. Let's see. Now let's keep going. The path went on again from the door, and turning to the right again across the level space, plunged down a thick wooded slope. This is the slope up which 
Gandalf, Bilbo, and the dwarves came, right after the, uh, the trolls were turned to stone. Pippin, not liking to show Strider that he was still afraid, went on ahead with Merry. Sam and Strider came behind, one on each side of Frodo's pony, for the path was now broad enough for four or five hobbits to walk abreast. But they had not gone very far before Pippin came running back, followed by Merry. They both looked terrified. There are trolls, Pippin panted, down in a clearing in the woods not far below. We got a sight of them through the tree trunks. They are very large. We will come and look at them, said Strider, picking up a stick. Frodo said nothing, but Sam looked scared. Okay. Um, yeah, Ambrosius, I agree. Strider is clearly trying not to laugh, I think, through this whole situation. <laughs> right. And this is the moment where it is most clear uh, that Strider knows exactly what they're going to find, right? Apart from the fact that, as he is going to point out soon, it's a bright, sunny day, don't exactly have to be too worried about trolls. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> Oakwig says, I guess he's no longer stick it, not Strider. Ouch. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, Stry this is, uh, if we didn't suspect that Strider was only uh, trolling them before he clearly is now, right? Um, we will come and look at them, said Strider, picking up a stick. Um, it's clear. He, he, he obviously knows what's going to happen when he picks up his stick. Um, and uh, I think um, <laughs> I, I, I think that so what's the effect he's trying to, it's not just that he knows what he's going to, it's not only good that he's picking up a stick in order to like break it over the stone troll. Right. Um, but he, I think is like uh, thinking of the impact on Pippin. Right. Um, yeah. Tarlonio, exactly. As you say, you know, trolls, eh? Here, let me get my trusty stick. Like, all I need to do, you know, I'm going to go face these large trolls that you've just come back and seen, you know, with only a stick in my hand, right? Um, is kind of, uh, uh, I think, part of the effect here, right? Um, and JJ, it is also pleasantly reminiscent of Thorin fighting off these selfsame trolls with a stick earlier on, right? Um yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Zeph and I agree with you. Uh, it also does seem to be his primary weapon of choice, right? Burning sticks for Nazgul, non-burning sticks for, for trolls. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's how, that's how Strider goes. So you see Tony, he doesn't need a primary weapon. I mean, he's surrounded by sticks at all time. And when surrounded by Strix, sticks, Strider clearly feels safe, <laughs> right? Um yeah, yeah. Um, well, Matthew, I think there were, are probably uh, we haven't yet seen the enemies uh, uh, against which he would fight with a pointed stick. Yeah, um, uh, uh, especially uh, presumably the ones who don't know how to defend themselves uh, against a pointed stick. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wheel Rider is imagining uh, him uh, sort of saying that perhaps Enduro would be a little bit of overkill because he, he already has plenty of sticks. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so 
<laughs> you know, hey, it's I mean, it's kind of boss, you have to admit. Right. I mean, if I were Pippin, I would be pretty impressed right now. Uh, I mean, Strider is there's already a fair amount of awe. Right. Uh, uh, about Strider. If you are one of the uh, one, one of the young hobbits. But, you know, come on. This is. Uh, this is this is pretty pretty impressive. Oh, JJ, I think that uh, Strider clearly has expertise with sticks, right? He doesn't just have proficiency. Obviously not an improvised weapon for him. Um, I think he, uh, he he may have advanced even to a, a weapon mastery with sticks. Remember, who knows how long he's been going about with sticks as his primary weapons, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Trifles thinking if uh, if, uh, if if it were Pippin, it wouldn't be awe, but horrified disbelief. But hey, I mean, look, you're gonna doubt Strider, right? I mean, this is pretty impressive. This guy, I mean, unless you think he's utterly insane, uh, you know, just this guy is gonna gonna walk right into the clearing with uh, nothing but a stick. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, anyway, um, Pippin, not liking to show Strider that he was still afraid, right? So Pippin is afraid, but Pippin is facing his fear, and he's going to go on and he's going to explore anyway. Again, this is like win-win situation to for the company, right? Uh, on the one hand, this is a really safe environment for them to, to, to practice being brave and confronting unknown dangers. Unknown to them, but Strider knows there are no real dangers, right? So, yeah, you guys go on and explore, right? No, you should do that. Like, we, we better keep an eye out, right? So you guys better explore. Um, oh, have you figured out who made the path? Oh, dear. Yes. Well, let us boldly go forward and confront them. Um Yes, this is definitely a troll hole, Pippin, but I think it's a little disused, right? So what's what's the outcome, right? Well, one of two things. Either Pippin is, A, going to learn a lesson in, like, reading the signs, right, and be like, oh, yeah, gosh, it kind of looks like it's been, I don't know, maybe decades since any trolls were here, right? Maybe I could draw some conclusions from that. So either he's going to smarten up and draw some more sensible conclusions than the one he's the ones he's been drawing. Turns out um, uh, uh, Pippin not, in fact, going to draw smarter and wiser conclusions here, right? Um, but alternatively, if he doesn't draw smarter conclusions, then he gets an opportunity to uh, uh, face his fears, right? And show courage uh, in adverse circumstances. But again, in, in a total... Um, uh, a totally safe <laughs> sort of controlled environment, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, and Matt, I, I, it is worth pointing out that Strider is much more gentle with Pippin uh, and the others than Gandalf would have been, right? I think the fool of a took would have come out long before this. Um, and, and here's... Um, Strider just just letting them go, right? Letting them figure it out. But again, I think I agree with, and I'm forgetting now already who is suggesting it, Galandar. Um, 
I think that Strider is banking on the positive effect of the reveal, right? This is going to be funny. And funny is good, right? Laughter is good. Um, you know, laughter, I think, is a legitimate weapon in this sort of spiritual conflict that they have been fighting here. And I think that it's going to be, he's going to, you know, he, I, I, I think that he thinks that this is going to be pretty funny when this comes out. Um, and again, I think that that's all, all a good thing. Um, Valori thinks that Strider needs a laugh as much as the others do. Very likely. Very likely. Again, I think that he's, uh, I, I, I totally agree. Um, with those of you who were saying that thinks that Strider is just like trying not to laugh this entire time, right? I think that Strider is having himself a very funny mo- morning, um, uh, <laughs> uh, trolling the trolling the hobbits. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yes, JJ, exactly. Uh, Strider believes he's found a joke funny enough to weaponize. <laughs> In a sense, yeah, absolutely. Can't exactly use it as a weapon against the ring rates, um, but he can certainly use it as a as a kind of, you know, treatment, right, for Frodo. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, I'm going to actually stop there. Um, it's time for our field trip. Uh, so we're of course coming to the big reveal, uh, with the stone trolls and we'll begin there. Um, we're only a a couple slides out. I think, as I recall, we have, yep, just two, yes, two more slides before the song. That's pretty good. Um, so we will, uh, uh, come into the troll glade, uh, next time and we'll, uh, uh, and and then of course set up the song and start the song. So we, so we should still get to the song next time. Uh, so that'll be really good. Um, hey, don't um, don't forget that. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna stop now. Well, we're gonna go to our field trip now. So I'm gonna stop the the Twitter the sideways or upside down Twitter feed or whatever it is tonight. Um, uh, in just a moment, but don't forget we're not having class next week. So for those of you who are going to be signing off now, don't forget not to show up next week. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving here in America and I'm going to be traveling with my family, um, to a family get together. So I'll be away next week, but we will be back the Tuesday after. So that is two weeks from today. We'll be on the 27th of November. Um, we will be back, um, uh, We'll be back with you guys for uh, starting the troll song. So um, it's going to be time for our troll song sing along uh, uh, next week. So we'll totally do. We'll listen to, to Tolkien singing the song himself and then we'll do our sing along with it, though. We can't exactly. Well, I'll explain. It's, getting, it's a little complicated. But anyway, so happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to going to switch over to the field trip here now. I'm going to say goodbye to the folks on Twitch, or Twitter, sorry, not Twitch. Twitch is going to stick around. See see, see you guys on Twitter. Um, Have a good fortnight, and we'll see you guys soon. Feel free to join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Signamu. All right. Boy, now it won't stop. There it is. Okay. (laughs) Something seriously messed up with that Twitter broadcast tonight. No explanation for that. Um, okay. All right. And, uh, yeah. Um, uh, 
uh, all of my broadcasts next week are going to be off. I'll, I'll be away the entire week. I'm leaving on Sunday, coming home the following Sunday. So, yep, uh, no broadcasts of any kind for me next week, as I will be in the area of spotty internet for the whole week long. All right. Good evening, Valori. We are set to go back to the Trollshaws. And what we we have a clear mission tonight, and that is to uh, look at the path. I want to try to approach the just as we read about the path coming up to Weathertop, and then we we were looking for the path and followed the path down to Weathertop from that angle as described in the text. I want to find the troll's path and follow the troll path down to the troll hole, uh, and then the stone trolls themselves. Uh, we're on Gladden here, Mudmore. Um, and let's see, I don't know, um, let's see, Valoria, are you with me here? I'm not hearing you, so I don't know if you're having... Oh, I put my mute on, that's oh, why, sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Sorry, I'm on tonight, it's Jonathan, I've been talking this whole time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sorry. I was, was going to say, it's unusually quiet. All right, um, so let's Yeah, I'm not that respectful. Let's head out and go to the back whole to the week of family. Let me find you stuffing or potatoes, man. Uh, me, I uh, stuffing though. My wife makes wonderful mashed potatoes, so no. Oh. You can say both. Both is an answer. Both is an answer, but I uh, I do prefer stuffing, definitely. <laughs> though yeah, I, mostly... I guess I guess we get potatoes so often, you know. Stuffing is one of those rare Thanksgiving-only deals. Exactly. Because otherwise, you'd just be eating bread covered in butter. That's right. Though for me, it's all about the gravy. I'm uh, I'm kind of obsessive with like gravy making myself. Uh, oh, the great yeah, the annual gravy wars wouldn't be Thanksgiving without the um, annual gravy uh, wars. Yeah, I uh, you know I have this whole like you know every year I obsessively like render down the carcass of the turkey for stock and i have this whole process oh yeah so, yeah yeah um no you gotta you gotta absolutely yeah uh i was always a cranberry sauce person like, jelly making is one of the first things i mastered cooking wise on my own without uh -huh. help from anyone so i i get pretty sniffy if everyone says oh no we got cranberry sauce you don't need to make yours and Right, I see. Because I, I, I do the works. So I put like cinnamon and cloves and orange peel and all that yeah, stuff in well, it. that's great. That's great. I really like yeah, homemade yeah. Uh, cranberry sauce. Though, you know, we can I can never get away without serving like the uh, the can-shaped cranberry sauce. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. like... Cylindrical sauce. Yeah. This, the, yeah, the cylinder sauce because that is like one of my son Matthias's favorite foods on earth. Like he could sit and eat that stuff continuously. Like I've seen him oh, eat so an entire can of jellied cranberry sauce. And then sitting with a that's spoon. my brother. That was my brother, David, as a kid. Oh, so uh, what stable are we going to? Um, uh, I guess just Oscar Ruth. Um, Still Oscar Ruth and we'll ride up. Cause we can't get to, yeah, we can't get to Barracan's camp or something. Else. Yeah. Um, from yeah. Oscar Ruth, can we get to anywhere else? And Can we get to Baruch? Oh, uh, we can. Mm. We haven't gone up to um, where the brothers are stationed no, either. So, 
So, well, maybe make a point of doing that at the end so everyone can get the staple mask on this server. <laughs> Yeah, and usually if uh, the cranberry sauce is a no, we're good for cranberry sauce, it's like, no, we all like the canned stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. And, and I agree yeah. that cranberry sauce, like the, being the maker of like the awesome homemade cranberry sauce can certainly be a very, like one of the most thankless of uh, you know, <laughs> jobs. At the You're essentially show. making ketchup. Well, it's not just, it's not that it's intrinsically inferior or anything. It's just that, like, it's kind of the more, I mean, very few people are going to be like, uh, oh, like, you made homemade gravy. Well, that's great. But I, I actually brought my own can of, like, you know, Heinz brown gravy, you know, from the <laughs> Yeah, nobody and, does that. Nobody yeah. does that. Whereas, like, people are going to do that with the cranberry sauce, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, so, they totally are. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. I'm hungry just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Actually, so, uh, uh, Valoria, I think your volume is loud. I'm My volume's crazy? Getting it fine here. Too loud or too soft? Too loud. Yeah. I think if you turn too it down, loud. Yeah. A little better? Let's see. A little better? A little better? A little better? Yeah. Try again. All right. Let's see. Test, test. One, two, one, two. Okay. Is that, is that better? A little better, I think. Okay, I'm still well, a little bit louder than I am, but yeah. trouble is I'm still trying to hear you as a thing, so right, yeah, yeah. Let me just—I'll just get the mic further away from my face. There we go. How's that? Cool. Good. Good. Alrighty. All right. So let's head off here. Oh wait, I forgot to check here. Can we get to the camp from there? Actually, I've got to uh, talk to them. I don't. Let me, let me... I don't think so, but. I doubt it. I think we can. We can get. It's like a, it's a stable. Yeah, no, it's a stable thing that's only good. Oh yeah, in, we get to uh, had, but yeah, we can. It's only only yeah, from yeah. within the troll shells, right? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. It's completely useless unless you're already in the troll shells. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Rinrus, I agree. There's absolutely no reason you can't enjoy both, and I do enjoy both the gelatinous canned cranberry sauce and homemade cranberry sauce. Um, but, uh, the, uh, the, the reason some people can't enjoy both kinds is that some people are 10 years old. That's basically the, the problem. Uh, and I mean, seriously, like my son, Matthias will look at cranberry, cranberry sauce, like his favorite food. He will take like one look at a bowl of homemade cranberry sauce with just like this, this look of unspeakable horror, you know, like what is that? And why is it masquerading as cranberry sauce? Um, <laughs> you know, so it's just not authentic, you know? Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, all this, uh, all this Thanksgiving discussion is making me hungry. Yeah. But it will be fun. So we're, we're, ta we're talking about the power of the sunlight. Yes. This one here. And it made me think of when we, I was living in England, where you never saw the blasted thing. <laughs> the sun, right. Yes. And and I just, you know, those those very rare days where all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's going to be 71 today. Oh my goodness, 71 degrees outside. Of course, it was Celsius, but I don't remember Celsius because our education is crap. But um, yeah, yeah, but no, yes, but... the minute it got like 
the, the minute it got over 68 degrees, suddenly, like, all of the chairs would be on the sidewalk. All the, you know, if the mm-hmm. roofs were flat, they'd be sitting on, on, on the roofs, just like, you know, an entire cityscape of beached whales, <laughs> you know, that had fallen from the sky on top of the roofs, right. just worshipping the suns like the ancient British, like the ancient Britons did, you know, once up, old Lang Syne, once upon a time. Yeah. And Yet another so it's, it's like part of, of me... Part of me thinks that, you know, Tolkien's praise of the power of the sun might be coming from a part that's intrinsically English. Right, right. It's just, yes, that uh, uh, just a different perspective on that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's certainly it makes me think of think out of context, you know, of the line, uh, you know, he had almost forgotten about the sun. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, wintertime in England. Right. But um Okay, all right. Most of the summer too. Depends yes, on the, true. Depends on the, the year. Time, okay, so let's see. Now, first of all, let me say that for any of you who are uh-huh. here with me on the field trip who know this route better than I do, feel free to help because I'm going to be kind of. I don't know it super well. I've I've found it before, um, but it's been a long time since I found it. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I, I tend to think, oh, this is the right path, and no, it's the wrong one again. Yeah, I tend to be wrong a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, because, okay. Yeah, so I think we need to, we need to go north mm-hmm. sometime. Well, we were looking for the northward path that they might have been taking, and I think I went off here, didn't I? Because I just saw a ruin through the trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's where I went to find that first ruin, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to go this way? I think so. The ground cover always throws me off. Yes. It looks very different than it did last time I was trying to navigate the control shop. So. And I broke my leg. But when we see basically a, an army of trolls coming at us, we'll know we're in the right place. Uh, should we be dismounting to dislodge oh, enemies? Right, just in case. Do we have any any low level people? I, I, think I, would, not I didn't because take care that, uh, This whiskerback scavenger here is not really going for mm-hmm. anybody. I mean, if we stand here yeah. for long enough, he will, but uh, he's not coming after people, so. Let's see. There you go. Well, we're all down at the ravine. I can't. Where did you end up? Oh, sorry. I'm up on the on the shelf up here. Are you down for? Are you down in the bottom? Yeah, I went down on the bottom. I think we. You took the high road, and I took the low road. Here we go. Yeah, I think so. There we go. Let's see. Get my get my links out. Mm-hmm. Set him on kill. Just in case. Okay. So wait, should should we take the low road? I don't know. Let me check my map. Uh. Hmm. Well, let's see. We're facing south. We gotta have face north. North. So let's stay up on the. Yes, I believe that's correct on this side. Okay. I have been. Most of the times, I find the troll. It's by wandering around and getting lost, and then finding myself again. Okay. Here we go. 
And I miss Hunter Leafy Feet. Every time. Okay, I keep veering off to the east, which I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we gotta stick to the mountain path until we get to... Okay, right. Uh-huh. Right. So this would have been if... Uh, Again, you know, you can only get a rough approximation of the, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a rough approximation of the, the landscape, you know, like described from the book, but, um, mm -hmm. these would be the sullen hills and the pine woods, right? We can see the pine. Yeah, the pine sure looks like it. Piled up, right? And this is the, this is the valley that they would have been gone up that would have, um, taken them that would have been pointing them too far to the north. Oh, here's our first troll. Yep. At least the first one I've seen there. Yeah, no, he's an elite one too, so. Okay, yeah, I got some light We all work trolls. together on this one. It'll be better. <laughs> okay. Ugh, I hate when they do that. So then somewhere, I don't know that we're going to find exactly, again, trying to find the landscape exactly reflecting the description in the, yeah is a little bit and it won't be exactly the same because it's the past i believe is occupied by trolls right Ooh. yeah oh i remember that ruin i know where we are now uh-huh okay well we'll come back to that ruin when we explore more because we'll come back and explore more of the north troll shaws yeah but let's see So we've got to keep going, but then we're, we're going to have to curve around to the right, right? Are we? Yes, that's correct. Is that where we're going to want to Oh go? my gosh, did we actually find it the first try? That would be remarkable. That would be very remarkable, but I suppose that's the difference between six years playing the game and seven years playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I think this is the path, isn't it? I uh, think so. That or it looks very much like it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know what helped me find this pass again. It's the it's the Bingo Boffin quests. Ah. That's what it was. I've had more practice now. Okay. I think. I'm not counting my chickens yet, you know. <laughs> it's so Still yeah, so we don't really get an equivalent of the ridge that they climbed up. I'm sort of pausing here because this is kind of uh -huh. this little, you know, saddle pass that we're going through right now is the closest that we get to it. Um, but uh -huh. it's obviously not like so steep that a pony could barely make it or anything like that. It depends on how loose the gravel is. Right, I suppose. But it's looking, and now we're, so now we're going down. Of course, we do have trolls all over the place. Um, I mean, I say that because, like, my driveway right now is covered in pine needles, and I, it's hard to get the car up there because it just slides right. around on the needles. Right. <laughs> and considering we're also this, the story is also taking place in fall. It's not far fetched. Right. True. Ooh. Huh. Look at this hillside. 
Nice striation. Yeah. You know what this almost looks like? Sandstone? Yeah, doesn't it almost look like somebody's been quarrying stone here? Well, that would make sense with all the buildings we have around here, but none of them are the right color. No. But I'm wondering if they... Because, I mean, this looks like that looks like a flat face on this cliff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This almost, part, anyway. The rest of it looks pretty right. natural. Almost as if it had been cut away. So I'm thinking... Do you think this could be a reference to that? I mean, it's not in the right position. It's not up on the saddle and, you know, on the pass looking down, but... Could there be? Could they have made a place that looked like it was? Maybe not. But I mean, Maybe. it is mentioned in the text, so. Mm -hmm. I, did, oh, here we go. I totally failed to notice this stuff the first time. The I first time. Here. Yeah. I, I, re I remember when we were doing that with the Exploring Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The. But the, was it Mythgard Tuesday or something? Yes, yeah, Mythgard Monday. Yeah, so yeah. Mythgard, it was Mondays and then it switched to Tuesdays. Yes, then it was Mythgard Mondays on Tuesday. Yeah. Thinking you're making a mega weenie Monday? Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, look at the big keyhole in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, this would have been, I mean, imagine the size of the key that Bilbo found. Yeah, I was just thinking it'd be as big as one of my spears. Yeah, exactly, but... um. But of course, uh, you know, there's a comment about that in in The Hobbit, right? Where, uh, you know, to Bilbo, it's this huge key. But, to, you know, where William doubtless thought it uh, very small and secret. <laughs> um, I mean, I think primarily we have the keyhole so very prominent because it's like one of the only features that's described in the in the text. So we yeah. will emphasize the keyhole. It's interesting about the door. So I forgot to get back around to this when we were looking at this passage in the text, but someone was saying, well, if trolls don't build, why are they building a door? Um, huh. You know, and they seem to live in a hole that is in a cave, uh, which still counts as not building, right? Even if they tunnel, um, that's not the same as building. Um it's interesting to me, therefore, that the door that they show here is just a very rough door. It's still a door with a keyhole, so it suggests, you know, I mean, that there has to be a keyhole, right? That's canon uh, from The Hobbit. Uh -huh. But um, uh, but still, uh, you know, we should remember that the, the comments about the trolls in The Hobbit predate, you know, Aragorn's assertion that trolls do not build, right? Um <laughs> You know, the whole uh, world of the Lord of the Rings much more firmly, uh, um, much more firmly, uh, th things much more clearly established in the Lord of the Rings than they were in The Hobbit. That's so, true. The sort of Well, giants are established. It's possible you stole it from a giant. We don't right. know anything about what they do. Possible. Possible. Um but anyway, again, notice they've made it a rough stone door, so it still looks like it could be just made out of rough-hewn stone rather than something actual. It's not like a, you know... Um, it's not, not like the doors we've seen in the Barrow Dams or anything like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, now, Pontina, I was noticing that too. There looks like a there, there was a wooden beam up there on the top right. I don't know what to say about that or how to explain it. Hmm. 
I don't know why that's there. I don't know if that's an accident. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just might be clipping. And then, of course, we have the cook pots mm-hmm. of the trolls. I like how they're, they got leaves in them, and it's kind of implied that the bottoms are all rusted out. Yes. Just like a barbecue grill left out. Yes. It's the wood ash what done that. Okay, and there's nothing else around here, right? Now, of course, in the text, the door is open, right? So mm-hmm. that they can go in. Um, I think it's pretty clear that the door isn't open here because there's nothing for us to see inside, right? Um, yeah. And they don't want the players actually going in there. Concerning which, come on, why not? <laughs> the elves of Rivendell didn't want tourists tramping in. Still, that's not right. Surely, in a surely in a future update, we could <laughs> get the inside of the. Well, you can always something. you can always suggest it. Maybe an instance yeah. at the very least, or what you know, explain why it's closed in the first place. You know, Come on, let's open it to tourism. I say. <laughs> All right, so we walk down. So now, notice one thing that interests me here, and it interests me especially because this is a. There's no path. That's the thing that interests me. I mean, the path is here. I mean, unless they're defining the path in the broader sense of, uh, you know, this cleft between the hills, which would certainly... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look what we have here. Yeah. (laughs) A broken off tree. Yeah. Okay. So we do have some... Trollish activity. Trollish activity. Do we have any cloven rocks? Anybody find any cloven rocks? I don't see any rocks heaved out of the way. Again, unless the cleaving of the rocks is... I don't see any rocks, really. No boulders. Maybe maybe that flat rock face you thought was being quarried. Maybe that was just a troll having a temper tantrum. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, unless... I can't imagine, though, that we're being asked to understand... That this entire, this ravine, this like, you know, 100 foot ravine is made by, I mean, I don't care how strong the arms or how heavy the feet, you're not going to make this, right? I've seen some cracks in the rock over here. Over here. Oh, over here? Yeah. Right. Definite cracks and smashes. Yeah, possibly. Not, nothing you just... Nothing you'd describe as cloven, but... Nothing you'd describe as cloven and nothing that's heaved off to the side. No boulders heaved or unheaved, right? Nope. Um, They could have punched the way through the ravine, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But at least there was a... At least there was a a broken off tree. I'm glad glad of that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, here we are. And here we get the three trolls. so pleasant here with the big sunbeam coming down. It, kind yes, of, it, it I, almost recalls the sunny day. I love the you prominent sunbeam sun here. And it had to be prominent for sun, and that's how they got turned to stone in the first place. Yes. 
course. Oh, that's cool. Their their campfires all overgrown. This is exactly what the campfire in my backyard looked like after nobody tended to it. Right. You got a, so much for that summer renovation project. Right. Right. Oh, I guess I'm standing right in the sunbeam. Of course, one mm-hmm. issue. I'm looking to the east here. One problem about making this in such a very deep valley as this um, is uh, morning rays can't penetrate through the rock yeah. wall. Direct sunlight could not get yeah. into here until like ten o'clock in the morning. You know, I mean, I guess okay in this direction. It's more of a straight shot. Well, also, you know, how many of these trees were here at the time? True, true. If we imagine, okay, hang on, so I'm just, I'm going, this isn't straight. This is southeast, though, and southeast would be okay. So without what this, time of year did what, what time of year did Bilbo set out? Um, in the spring. Then it would be to the northeast. The sun well, tilts more to the north after the, the vernal equinox. Yeah. Yeah. Or south, sorry. The sun tilts more to the south in the vernal equinox. Right. Then north in the winter. Right. So it okay. could be the sun went through there. So, yeah, so if the sun comes through this cleft and that pine tree isn't there, it could totally get down here, I guess. It wouldn't have to yeah, be yeah. that late. So, which one has the bird's nest again? I forget. Um, This one over here. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. On top of this fellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bird's nest behind its ear. Yep, that was the detail I looked for when I got to the Trolls Glade for the first time. <laughs> does it have a bird's nest behind its ear? Oh, it does. Okay. It's a shame we don't have the broken stick anywhere. Like, yes. you know, it's probably buried under all this leaf fall. Or do we? There are some sticks. I'm looking around for evidence of Strider's stick, but. Just seeing a lot of thorns wrapped around it. Yeah, most of the sticks that we see are, they do look like they were grown rather than... So these trolls are huge. Also armored, which is interesting. I don't think they should be armored. Uh, we're, uh, armored? Let me see. Well, I I see stuff on their shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they got bare bellies. That's true. It might not be armor. It just might be troll fashion statement. Uh, right, I suppose. Well, those are cool. You know, like gaunt, punks. Though. Punks with studded level leather, you know? Right. They don't... right. Yeah. Yeah, this looks like... This looks like a bear skin around his neck over here. Or right, with the oryx skin or something similar. Are... No, 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 no. It's, it's bear skin because you can see the claws that are... Kind of crossed oh, yes. underneath his chin. Oh, right, 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 right. Here. Oh, I do see that, yes. I think that's what that must be. But he's definitely wearing gauntlets. And then there's h- horns. Could be an oryx horn or an oliphant Some horn. Some of these dragon-y dealies out here. Possibly out enormous bear claws that are attached to the outside. Of the bear claws. Tied onto the outside of his gauntlets there. One on each side. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, those are kind of homemade there, clearly. But yeah. the gauntlets seem to be made of... Well, I was about to say they seem to be made Maybe of they were gauntlet. armor off of something big. Maybe. Maybe. Um... Oh, look, one of the horns got broke on his. Oh, no, it's it's facing at me. It just looks broken. Right, yeah, he's got the same things tied on the shoulders there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They matched. Um, it's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, well, Trifle, I wasn't looking for naked trolls, just clothed instead of armored was what I was We did about. have some naked trolls back there. Right. They, they were well, all rocky. They had loincloths, didn't they? Uh, I don't recall. I think they looked like they were just made out. There was two kinds. There's the kind that look like rocks, and then there's the kind that look more like ogre-ish. Right, right. The ones with the rocks, I believe, did not have clothes, but nothing to cover up, so to speak of. Right. Okay. Huh. Well, this is interesting. Look at, What's his, that? look at his thumbs. You can see the nails. Oh. <laughs> That's nice detail. Yeah, but it also suggests he's not wearing gloves, even though it looks like he's obviously wearing gloves. So maybe they're just... Oh, they're wristlets. Yeah. They're wristlets. They're just, they are. This is clearly... See, I, what I was taking for like a gauntlet is not a gauntlet. So he's just wearing a bracer around his wrist with... Presumably, so that it can hold that spiky horn thing that they they have. And it's got to be for fashion. It's not keeping him warm or protected with all of his vitals sticking out with yeah, his belly it's, right it is there. It's like a little weapon, so if you backhand somebody, it stabs him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Or like I said, it's to look tough to and look scary because that's yeah, what you do. Yeah, yeah. He's got the. What is it? Winter on your shoulders and stomach. Uh, summer on your stomach. What is it? <laughs> yeah, he's he's got the bear the bear skin around his uh, his shoulders as well with the spikes uh -huh. there tied on top no and he's then, like that yes, guy who puts on the floppy hat but goes out in shorts and a tank top to shovel snow right you know that guy in my neighborhood when this guy with his arms stretched out notice the skin you can see like the texture of his skin i assume this is his skin on his enormous belly here yeah, I like um, the striping on it, too. <laughs> yeah, that looks almost scaly, but not quite scaly. Uh, kind of like really bad, like, uh, whatchamacallit, psoriasis? <laughs> right, right. Or I wonder if it's a coat. Like, what are these marks? That looks like cloth, doesn't it? Oh, like maybe he's wearing like some sort of kimono wrap thing. Yeah, kimono wrap, exactly. Well, that's how you that's how you dress plus sizes. Right. True. And he is plus size. I no could say it on our one. No question about that. Yeah, you can see from his skirts here, right, he's clearly wearing a like a tunic of some sort. You sure he went wearing a kilt there, Lottie. You know, Possibly. It looks like, a, I don't know, burlap or something like that. It looks like the texture of the fabric. So the only... Well, yeah, I, I suppose they wouldn't be bothered with things like, you know, allergies to jute cloth or something that yeah, most probably. humans have. <laughs> so 
So the it's only like Pinterest, exposed... they make everything out of burlap. <laughs> right. So the only exposed skin that we could see is that is actually his lower leg here. I thought you can kind of see like his nipple up there, but I don't know. And his toeless foot. Yeah. Might just yeah, might just be a, a kilt and a sash there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do Possibly. the the big question is: Do we see any trolls that are like this kind walking about currently? Not stone. That would be the deciding we'll factor. To, I yeah, we'll have to look. Oh, I think we're going to find out whether we want to look or not. That's true. Sooner or later, we will get the chance to do yeah. that. Yes, everybody, not kill them quickly, so Corey can get a good look at them. Yeah, what's what's running? We're going to stare at some more chests here. And when, we hit, <laughs> when we hit the road, well, oh, hang on, I'm hitting trees for now. <laughs> hit okay. the road, not the trees. Whew. Okay. Oh, just deer. Yeah. Sufficiently. Yeah. Fun. No, no. These are the deer that'll come and smack you. Yes. Yes. Because it's fall and it's rutting season. I figured that out. Right. I figured that out, actually. Because, yeah, deer are crazy this time of year. This is when I get them fighting on my front lawn. We're not finding any trolls down this way. I thought there were trolls down south. Um, I think the trolls are actually back further. You have to go back up north where it gets darker. That's kind of that's kind of the clue in when when yeah, it gets so all, covered in trees. This is all cheerful. Oh, the deer are coming after us! Oh yeah, see, see, yeah, crazy deer. Yes. Crazy, crazy bucks, trying okay. to show off. Let's head back up north then and look for trolls. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we would find trolls down here. I seem to. Maybe <laughs> this is not. Maybe I went south the wrong way or something, but. I think you're supposed to go north to get uh, get trolls. Okay. Well, let's go look for more trolls. Let's see what we find. Oh. More crazy deer. Yep. Entering then Toranath. Okay. Yeah, back, back through the glade and then back pretty much the way we came that should yeah. take us up north that again there hi bill hi tom hi bert i think i mentioned last time we were here that was a that was a joke me and my brother made one day when i was leading reading the 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 troll bit from the hobbit out loud to him and he's like you know what you could say this as the monty python pepper pots and it kind of works with the cockneyisms in there <laughs> Mutton okay. today, mutton yesterday, and blimey! So here crazy. is one of the unclothed except for... Oh, yep, loin not loincloth, you called it. Yeah. Yeah, you called it. Just really nothing but, but a loincloth. I, I like how it's got like a rock texture, but also kind of like almost like a leopard spot pattern on it. Yeah. You see, you see the, the dark spot coloration? Yes. But that's usually something, that's so he can sneak up on you. That's not to protect him. That's so he can sneak up on you. And yeah, you can't, presumably. he's harder to see. Yeah, and these are all loincloth guys. I love how they appear. Yeah, no, we need the big green guys with the pot bellies. Okay, these guys have things strapped on their upper arms. They look like they're made oh, of bark. Okay. 
though. Uh -huh. You it's not a bone protrusion or something? I don't think so. Cause I think you can I think you can see the strap. Well, yeah, I know. I can see a strap. It looks like something that we would like be holding, uh, like rocks for him to throw or something. Maybe I don't know. I think it kind of looked a little bit decorative, possibly armor, but it's like epaulets, but they couldn't make it all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the stuff on his forearm and up on his thighs and also back on his calves looks like it might be natural. Mm -hmm. Those trolls notice look his, like they have, he's more yeah, like foresty themes there. Where's the yeah, other some of them kind are of trolls, though? Green. This, this is... Yeah, I'm looking for the big fat pot belly ones. You kind of expect them to be wearing like bowler hats or something yeah. and go, what's all this? Mm. Well, I don't want to run all over the troll shots. We'll find. We'll... Yeah, we I think they're actually closer to where the brother. I think that's actually closer to where Aladdin and Elro here. That's where we see those first big guys. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. We'll get. We'll get to them. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll head. We'll head back over there. Well, we have lots of time to explore the rest of the troll shows, and I want to go dashing recklessly here. About we have accomplished especially our especially not here. Exactly. We have accomplished our goal of finding the way down to the troll glades from the north. Um, I should probably let everybody go. It's getting late. Um, but yeah. Thanks everybody for joining us this week. And uh, as I said before, remember we will not be here. Um, will not be here next week. Um, I'll be uh, uh, I'll be traveling, but I'll be back in two weeks. So we'll see you guys again in a fortnight. All right. Thanks everybody. Happy Good thanks. night. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Right. Happy well, Thanksgiving, in America. Everybody. Happy, had a nice week for everybody else. That's right. Everybody else can have a happy Thanksgiving, too, even if you don't get turkey. Have some turkey, because it's good. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Bye now. Or eat turkey and don't have a Thanksgiving. That's One right. or the other. <laughs> Bye now. Good night. Thanks for joining me on this epic exploration of The Lord of the Rings and of Standing Stone's video adaptation of Tolkien's story. If you are having even half the fun I'm having on this journey, I hope you will consider supporting the project by donating at signumuniversity.org fund.